This is Rivalries, the show where we meet fans and reporters from rival clubs. On Saturday, Aston Villa play Liverpool at Anfield. Today, I'm joined by Neil Jones. He's the Liverpool correspondent for football news website Goal. Neil, welcome to All Villa, No Filler. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having me. Anytime. So, um, I'm a bit worried about this weekend, I've got to say. You know, Liverpool have won seven games in a row in the league. Um, I mean, firstly, I'll ask you, where has this incredible run come from? Yeah, a, I suppose it's a good question because if you'd have asked at the start of the season, if you'd have said Liverpool putting together a run of seven games, you'd have said, oh, yeah, that's pretty standard, you know, for, for Liverpool. They've, they've done it a few times, haven't they? But given the way the first half of the season, and probably the first two-thirds of the season really panned out, it, it did feel like those days were were almost gone. And, you know, you I don't think anyone saw it coming necessarily, this run, but you always had it in the back of your mind that maybe if, if things fall into place, that, that the, the side can almost remember who they are and what they can do. I think what's probably helped an awful lot is just having players available and a consistency of selection. They haven't made an awful lot of changes to the starting lineup in that seven games. They've they've been able to play key players, you know, obviously Van Dijk, Alexander Arnold, Robertson, Allison, Salah. Um midfield's been pretty settled as well with, with someone like Curtis Jones being in it. And the forwards they've had they've had all the forwards available pretty much for, for, for the period. So I think that consistency of selection, I think maybe also a little bit of reaching a bottom point, really, when they were, you know, if you think back to not so long ago, they were beaten against Manchester City mm. comfortably. They were they were knocked out of the Champions League very comfortably by by Real Madrid. And I think there was probably a bit of a a sense that look, things have got pretty bad here. You know, the season's almost dwindling into into nothing. There was a there was a moment where you would have thought they might have been where Chelsea are at the at the moment in the league. You know, bottom half. Um, and I think maybe there's been a response to that that, that the players have almost come out fighting, decided that hey, you know. We might we might have reasons for why we're not doing as well as we, we we expected to this season, but we're not this bad. We need to start showing something, otherwise, you know, a fair few heads would have been on the chopping block. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, under Jurgen Klopp, Liverpool have had such an incredible run over the last seven eight years. Um, but you know, the, two years ago, Liverpool did have a bit of a dip for one season, and I think that was down to injuries, combination of maybe playing behind closed doors, maybe didn't help either. Um, yeah. But this season. You know, I was quite surprised after you got to you almost came to winning the quadruple last year. Just how much it did drop off this year. I mean, what what's the reason behind that? Why has Liverpool been uh, quite inconsistent? Yeah, I think I think there's a few factors at play. I, I think it'd be it'd be hard to nail down one thing. I mean, obviously you could look at Sadio Mane leaving. You could look at it and say that's a big factor. Yeah, of course it is, but it's not. It's not the reason you go from quadruple chasing to you know fifth and sixth in the in the Premier League. Mm. Um, you could look at yeah, the energy expended last season. And you think back, I mean, you guys obviously played a, a part in Aston Villa. You know, we're 15 minutes away from, or, or nine minutes away from Liverpool being probably going to be champions. And Sorry about that. I, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but, you, but listen, you know, I think it was an unexpected opportunity that arose that day. I don't think anyone went into that day thinking you were going to get that close anyway. Um, but you think, I think if Liverpool win that league, I think they'd probably go on and win the Champions League. I, I, I It would have been, it would have felt it felt like the season, even though it was an incredible season, it felt like it ended with this deflating sort of experience, you know, missing out on the two biggest trophies. Also, what the experience of the supporters in, in, in Paris uh, at the Champions League final, it just felt like mm. 
God, so much went into that season, and 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 okay, yeah, you got the the, the FA Cup and the League Cup, but it it didn't quite finish the way everyone wanted it to finish on and off the field. And I think when this season started, and there was a couple of poor results to start the season, we get away at Fulham. Uh, they they obviously then drew with Crystal Palace in the first game, lost at Old Trafford, and I do feel like it almost felt like the the, the club and the players maybe just thought, oh, that's it, you know that that sort of. We're not going to win the league this season because we've dropped seven points in the first three games or five points in the first three games. We're, we're not going to do it, you know. And that I think that that there was a bit of feeling sorry for themselves. I think there was a, a feeling that we can't just keep going to the well and getting these ninety-point seasons. And, yeah. and to be honest, it's subsequently proven a little bit. I mean, I, I I speak to my Arsenal colleague a fair bit about this, and he's sort of gone through these these emotions and these sort of feelings that I went through in you know in in the recent seasons where. You just want to be able to draw a game, and you just want to be yeah. able to sort of go to a game and go, "Oh, it's okay." Like, look, we didn't play well today, and we didn't, we didn't get the result. But everything is viewed through the prism of you can't draw games. You, you know, you're going to have to get 95, 96 points to win the Premier League. You got, you, and if you don't, Manchester City are there, and you know, you. He, I remember him saying that he, he he was watching City on a day when Arsenal weren't playing, and I said, "You can't do that." You, you like as a, as a supporter of of. of these teams, you can't watch Manchester City because it'll break your heart. You know, yeah. you will, you will be disappointed. And if you think about that as fans, think about what the players must be thinking as well. If they're yeah. trying to go through the motions, they're losing games, they're not at their best. They may be trying to get a few new players into the into the, the team. You know, Darwin Nunez, for example, um, and they're they're watching City get stronger with Haaland scoring goals. <laughs> they're watching, you know, they're watching Arsenal rise up through the you know through the, the league and, and and get into that position. And you're you're sort of treading water a little bit. Mm. I think it took them a long time to get their heads around the fact that it's not going to be your season. You know, you're not going to have another season like last year. You're not going to be in all the finals. You're not going to be going to the final day with the league in 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 you know in sight. And I think it's only recently, probably probably since sort of March onwards. I think it's only recently that you've seen the team sort of start to remember who they are and remember that. Listen, you know. We weren't always brilliant, we, we, but we always sort of found a way to win. And that's sort of been a little bit about what Liverpool have been doing in the last few weeks. They haven't been brilliant by any means. They were pretty good on Monday night at Leicester. But generally, they've been they've been OK. But they've mm-hmm. had that winning mentality and that sort of you know ability to grind out the results and get the win. God, that is fascinating. I hadn't even really thought about that. You know, yeah, if you do draw a couple early on in the season, you really must be thinking... Well, that's it, because just City will not. They're like the Terminator; they just absolutely will not stop. God, yeah. wow! That 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 yeah, that really you can to- totally make sense. But you know, also something that has been mentioned is about like Liverpool's midfield, yeah. um, maybe aging or not a lot of pace in that central area. Is that do you think that has been a factor in why Liverpool think- maybe haven't performed? Oh yeah, it's definitely been a factor. I think the attack has been a factor as well, and in a different way. I mean, listen, Liverpool have scored pretty decent amounts of goals. I mean, they've scored nine this season, they've scored seven twice, and they've scored six in, in games. You know, they're they're not they're not short of goals necessarily, but I think with 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 ingratiating a few new players, obviously Diaz came in at the back end of last season and made a big impact. He was missing for, for a big part of, of this season. Darwin came in obviously with the idea that they were going to play a little bit of a different way and he was going to have that threat in behind. But what Liverpool lost around that was the pressing from the front and then a little bit of the pressing from behind as well. Um, they made a mistake last summer, Liverpool. They made a, they made a big mistake in the transfer market. They, they wanted to sign a midfielder. They wanted to sign Chiuamani, who, who ended up going to Real Madrid. 
they've decided, having not been able to get him, that they weren't going to make any any midfield sign. They were going to wait and and hope that what they had was going to be enough, and then look to put their eggs in a basket of someone like Jude Bellingham the following the following year. Um, obviously that hasn't worked out. But what it left them, it left them relying on players who are good players, and you know there'll be a lot of Liverpool fans who will sort of would roll their eyes at that. Suggest they are good players. They are, they are, they really are good players. But who are who are there's questions about them somewhere. So either they're too young, they're they're inconsistent. Maybe someone like Harvey Elliott. You know, you're looking at that and saying he's been asked to do a little bit too much. They're they're injury prone, like Naby Keita, like Alex Oxlade Chamberlain. They're too old, like James Milner, who who, who can't play every week. They're getting too old, like Jordan Henderson, for example, who probably needs to be able to to be dipped in and out of the side. And then what it does is it puts pressure on the ones that are there. Fabinho, for example, is, mm. is probably a really good indicator this season of Liverpool's struggles. You know, he's he's someone who's technically in his peak age. You know, he's, he shouldn't be burnt out. He shouldn't be looking so leggy. But he's been so exposed and he's had to play so much football and he's played so many games that, you know, on the knife edge, if you like, over the last sort of three or four years, he's just looked a little bit shot in 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 at times this season, and Liverpool haven't been able to to take him out of the firing line. They have been able to bring someone else in because they're not reliable enough, they're not available enough, they're not fit enough, um, and it has it has had a big effect. But I do think as well, it is important to stress that it's not just a midfield issue. I think it's been a structure of the team issue, and I think. Potentially the midfield, which was being protected really well by a a, a defence that is fantastic with Virgil Van Dijk at the heart of it, and and you know Joel Matip previously, that's been creaking a little bit, but also in front of it when it's had you know, when you've got Sadio Mane, Roberto Firmino, and and Mo Salah as your forward line, you know you're getting all the work you you can imagine off the ball. It's not quite been there this season with these new players being brought in. And I think that has left the midfield exposed. Okay. Um, so, you know, off the back of that kind of inconsistency this season, and but now that you've won seven in a row, Villa this weekend, how do you feel going into that game? After, well, I, I think Liverpool, one thing that's always been retained, even despite Liverpool's problems this season, is the home form. It's been pretty good. They've only lost once at Anfield in the league this season. That was against um, against Leeds. And that was a bit of a, one of those, again, that was one of those games that you don't expect from Liverpool because they haven't had them really in recent years. But you can't get in any season. I mean, Manchester City lost a home to Brentford. Liverpool can lose a home to Leeds. Generally, the home form has been good. They've been able to, to save their best. I mean, you think they've beaten Manchester City. They've, they've obviously battered Manchester United seven. They, they've beaten Napoli in, in the Champions League, you know, who went and won, won Serie A. So they've been able to, to, to pull out these performances at Anfield. So you would always have backed them in whatever form they were in. I think the form that they're in recently, the encouragement comes, I think, from the, the, the clean sheets. I think that's three in a row in the league. Um, they, they look a little bit more determined to, to play that way and to not, you know, give up the chances which we saw at the, in the early part of the season. I think there's a lot of respect for what Villa have done. You know, mm. I think I think Liverpool went there on Boxing Day um, to to Villa Park, and it was obviously one of their Emery's early games, or or not, you know, not long into his tenure with the World Cup, that haven't been in the middle, and to watch Villa now compared to what Villa were then, I think is is speaks volumes to the work that he's done. So I think there's a lot of respect for what he's done, the progress that the, the team has made. But I think there'll be a confidence that Liverpool, you know, on the run that they're in and knowing 
But if they were to win their last two games, there's a fair chance that they can put some real pressure on Newcastle and Manchester United in that race for the top four. I think I think Liverpool will fancy themselves to win the last two games, Villa at home and, and Southampton away. Yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Knowing that just Liverpool creeping up on those Champions League places, Newcastle having a loss and a draw, United inconsistent. It's just I, I just sort of feel like, oh, this is this the exact wrong time to be playing Liverpool away? And to be honest, when we played uh, Liverpool in December, uh, Liverpool three one at Villa Park, and um, it, it, what what happened in that game was that Villa's high line kept getting caught out over and over and over again. Um, which is interesting because Villa's high line in recent games, particularly at home, we've been like catching teams offside constantly. And there's this, con- there's this seems to be this sense in a, with pundits as well that eventually will get found out. But the only team that seems to have done that this season, other than maybe Leicester, was Liverpool. So I am slightly worried maybe this weekend, you know, Villa go to Anfield with a high line. Do you think we could be asking for a bit of trouble? Possibly. Liverpool know how that feels. I think Liverpool's high line has been the subject of much debate. Jordan the Klopp era. I remember when the first season, obviously the um, when VAR came in mm. uh, in the Premier League was, was I think it was the year Liverpool won that won the Premier League title. And I remember the first few weeks of the season had just being discussed and discussed. Oh, Liverpool are playing with this new high line. And I remember asking Jurgen about it and saying, "Well, you know, are you worried about it?" And he said, "No." He said because it, we're playing to the rules. He said we know that you know if we if we do what we're supposed to do. It doesn't matter if, yeah. if teams are in behind us five times and and we you know the flag goes up, that's that's fine. You know, Varl will sort that out. And I think you, what you're you're right in saying that obviously Liverpool had some success. They didn't actually really score from that that high line. Did they? They missed some chances. I mean, remember Salah going through it. I think at the whole end, I can remember Darwin Nunez missing the chance. I think the first two goals came from set pieces, sort of that got played back in, didn't he? I think Van Dijk scored, maybe Salah as well. But that was quite early in Emery's reign, and it does feel like he's probably got to grips with it. And they are yeah. a lot more drilled now. They've got a more settled side. Obviously, he's brought in the guy at left back, who's been a pretty good sign of Moreno, hasn't he? Looks like he's, yeah. he's made a big difference. Obviously, it, there's a lot more uh, work been done on, on that. So I, I, it doesn't surprise me that the level of coach that Emery is that it took him maybe a few weeks to get that in position. But now, once he did. You can see that Villa are a very well drilled side, and Liverpool have played against Emery sides in the past. They lost the Europa League final mm. against his Sevilla. They played against the Villa Real side of his last season in the Champions League semi finals. And at half time in the second leg, you were thinking Liverpool were going out. Villa Real were 2 0 up, that the tie was level on aggregate. And I've not seen a team get into Liverpool as, as thoroughly as Villa Real did that night for 45 minutes. So there will be no. Um, idea that oh it'll be an easy game uh, yeah Klopp's respect for Unai Emery is huge and so it should be so I think there will be it might be one of those games that we see an awful lot of uh, condensation almost in the middle of the pitch because Liverpool like to push up Liverpool like to play that way and squeeze the game if Villa are doing the same then yeah you could be seeing a few Ollie Watkins running clean through you could be seeing Mo Salah running clean through a few times mm-hmm. with some late linesman's flags and that kind of thing but I, I don't think I think Liverpool will always look to exploit any team's weakness, but I don't think it's one of them where they think, "Oh, lovely, Villa play a high line." That'll be that'll be all we do. It'll just be a bit of a knife edge game. And you saw, I mean, just just to give an example of the Leicester game on Monday, you saw Liverpool's first goal comes from the goalkeeper playing the ball down the centre of the pitch, and Luis Diaz just about being onside, making making something of it, and they end up scoring from it. So it's always been a way of Liverpool playing. You know, it's not necessarily against just high lines. They they always are looking for that. 
that spacing behind if they can get it. Yeah, and you know, I'm not sure how much you see Villa week to week, but is there anyone that you kind of that gives you cause for concern uh, this weekend from the Villa team? And is there a way that teams seem to be hurting Liverpool at all recently? Yeah, I suppose. Well, Watkins is the one who's got a yeah. great record against Liverpool, hasn't he? You know, going back to that that, that remarkable seven-two game. <laughs> you know, what was that nearly nearly three years ago now? Time yeah. flies. Um, I remember sitting in an empty Villa Park or a, a virtually empty Villa Park watching that unfold. I think it was the same day Manchester United had lost six to Tottenham. And oh. I remember sort of arriving thinking, wow, what a result that is. And then going home thinking something something strange was in the air that day. Yeah. Um, but Watkins is one. He's, he's always scores against Liverpool. It feels like he always scores. I think he scored in the Boxing Day game, didn't he? I think he, he got the goal back that day. Um, and he, he's been in good form. I watched the game I watched of Villa recently was Newcastle at home and they yeah. were they were unplayable that day Villa they Fantastic. were they, they could they won three 0 I think they could have won six or seven yeah. and Watkins was the the main reason for that I thought he was he was so dangerous his touch he looked just full of confidence I don't know if he scored since then or maybe he's tailed off a little bit in his, his form but goal scoring form but I think he'll be the one to watch the the, the player the player I've, I really really like. In Villa is, is Jacob Ramsey, and I've, mm. I've I've been a huge fan of his since he came through. And I, I, obviously, I, I was at Villa when they, they they won the Youth Cup against Liverpool, and his brother was playing. Obviously, yeah, uh, or came off the bench. And I know that they were they were speaking about what a great crop of players Villa had with Chuck Waker and a few others. Um, Philogen, who is he at Cardiff? Is Cardiff, Cardiff alone, yeah, 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 yeah. They were they were talking about this this great crop, but they were all basically saying. Yeah, but Jacob Ramsey's like sort of, you know, he's he's a level above, and I, I love the way he plays. I love the, I love how direct he is and how how sort of dangerous he is in the game. So I think he's one. I think Liverpool, are, I think they're quite admiring of him. You know, in terms yeah. of I'm not saying that they're gonna they're gonna make a bid, but I think if he was ever to come available, I think Liverpool would want to be asking questions about him. So I think I think those two. Um, on a big threat, they've both got goals in them. They've both got sort of the ability to break the lines and get into those those goal scoring positions as well. So I think if you were looking at Liverpool, where would Liverpool's weakness be? We're all talking about Trent Alexander Arnold going into midfield and doing this sort of hybrid role. It means there's no right back for a certain periods of the game. And if you've got you know a flying fullback like Moreno, you've got a player who can drift into those spaces like Ramsey, and you've got a centre forward who can you know threatening behind like Watkins and you've got the tools if you can um, if you can exploit it you can you can do pretty well mm, yeah Moreno going in behind because he Moreno loves to push forward right up to right yeah. to the top of the pitch he's, uh, yeah. he's been a revelation really at Villa um, for, certainly for a uh, audience in, in this country I guess that didn't know him so well in La Liga um, but you know uh, with Liverpool itself like who who are Liverpool's key men at the moment where are, you know where are the threats coming from when in with their side yeah, I think I'm, I've just mentioned him really. I think Trent Alexander-Arnold is is the key man at the moment. Liverpool, he's he's, he's really um, he's really looked a little bit reinvigorated by by this change in role. And that it's easy to say that, isn't it? You know, when when someone changes role, you sort of you you may be backfilling. You say, oh, look at that. He's sort of his chest pumped out and his shoulders are a bit bit tall and stuff. But he, that is has been the case. He, I think he's had a lot of criticism and some of it fair, some of it unfair down the years for this defending. You know, I think it's. I think A, he could be a better defender in individual moments, but B, he's also doing what the manager's asked him to do in in other moments. So when when people say, Oh, he's out of position, I don't think they're right. They're actually he's in the right position, but Liverpool haven't obviously retained the ball or they haven't sort of covered for him. Um 
But in this new role, what he gives Liverpool is he gives a killer pass from the middle of the pitch, which they haven't always had. They, they, they've had a little bit of it with Thiago when he's played, but he's been in and out. Generally, Liverpool's midfield has been very functional. It's been very hard work and sort of covers grounds, covers spaces, keeps the pressure on it by winning second balls and things like that. Now Liverpool have that, but they also have someone who can just put a pass in behind or a pass, you know, diagonally into someone's stride. They've got that sort of creativity as well in that position. Um, and it really is making a difference. You can see someone like Mo Salah, for example, someone like Luis Diaz, what Darwin Nunez, when he plays, they know that they can make those runs constantly and the chances are the ball will will find its way in. So he's been a massive, a massive part. I think the other player as well I would I would single out. Salah's an obvious one because he keeps scoring. But Cody Gakpo playing obviously signed in January, playing mm. in that sort of number nine position. I think he's been a bit of a revelation for Liverpool. You know, yeah. I, I was one, I was one of those play, uh, people who, who sort of thought, oh, I'm not sure why, you know, I didn't see it really. You know, he didn't look like the natural sort of player, but he'd hold up players, ability to sort of get the ball, hold players off turn and then drive at, at defences is pretty good. You know, he wins a lot of free kicks doing that. He, he obviously creates a lot of um, chances or, or at least opportunities to create chances um, by doing it. And I think having him in that position, as opposed to maybe someone like Jota, who's a little bit looser in his touch, a little bit more around the penalty area. Nunez, who's a little bit more, wants the ball in behind to, into space to run onto. Having, having that player a little bit like Firmino, who can come and hold the ball up, link the play and get, get Diaz, get Salah, get whoever into the game has been a big difference for Liverpool. And I think Gakpo, yeah, I think, I think a lot of fans are seeing a lot of promise in, in him. You know, he, he had a tough start, come into a tough tough situation with the team struggling, but he's made a big difference since he's, uh, you know, got the, got his feet under him. Yeah, interesting to hear that. I was the same. I wasn't massively convinced. I, he obviously scored quite a few good goals at the World Cup, but I wasn't sure. But seeing him at Liverpool, has been like, oh, never doubt. <laughs> yeah. In his nose, to me. That's it. With attackers, you know, Liverpool, you sort of have to go by your hit rate, don't you? And you look at yeah. Liverpool's attack and signings under the egg and cloth and you, you've got Mane, you've got Salah, you've got Firmino, obviously came just before, but you've got Diaz, yeah. obviously Jota. <laughs> They're a pretty, pretty good strike rate to, to go off. You can, you can trust them. And I think I wrote that at the time. I think I wrote, look, I've got my doubts, but to be honest, I should know better. You know, yeah. let's, let's, Trust the trust the process if you want to call it that, and it looks like Gakpo is going to be another hit. Mm, yeah, it looks like that. And um, you know, before we sort of round up, um, uh, you know, with Aston Villa, kind of the turnaround that has happened since October, it's come as a real shock to Villa fans. I think seeing just how much better we are, um, a shock that we're comp- even competing for Europe. I guess kind of as a as a as a reporter yourself and somebody who you know doesn't always cover Villa, but do you um. What what do you make of Aston Villa's turnaround since October? Has it come as a bit of a surprise? And what sort of trajectory did Villa look like they might be on? Yeah, I think it definitely comes as a surprise. I mean, there was a literal surprise, I think, when I looked at the league table one day and and, and they were above Liverpool. And I was like, wow, like, they're, they're going well. You know, I, I knew mm-hmm. they were on an up, on up curve, but I didn't know they were sort of putting themselves in the, in the European picture. I think... Obviously, from a Liverpool perspective, we've got the Steven Gerrard angle. So a lot of people took a lot of interest in Villa, I think, you know, for, for, for the time that Gerrard was at the club. And I think there was a general feeling that Gerrard was a little bit unlucky with certain things, obviously with, for example, Diego Carlos getting injured. You know, his big his big sort of decision really, wasn't it? Or the big thing that probably defines him is the Tyrone Mings sort of, he wanted, he wanted rid of him, didn't he? And he, he wanted to change things. 
he got a bit unlucky with the guy he signed to replace him, obviously, was missing for the pretty much the entirety of his reign. But also there was there was an un, unavoidable feeling that he's got to be getting more out of this this group of players. They were seventeenth, I think, when he when he when he left. Hmm. So I think a lot of people saw Villiers mid middle of the table, tenth, eleventh, twelfth, maybe. I think what what Emery's done, and I think what's been most impressive from my perspective is he's not really done it by going right. We need seven new players. We need to, yeah. you know, this, these these players are not good enough. We need to change everything. We need to get rid of that, that, and that. He's done it by he's bought a left back. And to be honest, he wouldn't have even said when he bought a left back. Well, that's that's the obvious area they need. I mean, they spent a lot of money on Luca Dean mm. to play there. Obviously, whatever you think of Luca Dean, but. It wasn't. It wasn't the sort of thing that oh, Villa just had the new left back that transformed, and I, no, no one thought that. So what he's done is he's he's obviously brought back in people like Mings. He's brought brought back in or into form John McGinn by the by the sounds of it. Buendia seems like he's he's done a lot better. Watkins has obviously done better. So that I think that's the most impressive thing that he's done it old school if you like. He's done it through management and coaching and and through getting them organised. And I wouldn't say I probably would say. He's probably got them to where around where the group of players that Villa have got probably should be, I would say. Mm. But I think how quickly he's done it and how, how effectively he's done it, I think is there's the most impressive thing. Yeah, it's been an absolutely terrible fifteen years of Villa really, of a massive underachievement of kind of where historically we feel we should be. And uh to to see Emery come in and just turn it around this quickly has been I think we're all just in true elation at the moment. There's a real sense of positivity around Villa. I think that um yeah something's happening and I feel like it's a feeling we've not had for quite a long time um so so yeah um but you know this weekend big game coming up um gotta ask you score prediction which yeah, way do you I, think it'll go I, I think Liverpool will win I know and I I, I realize I'm on a Villa podcast and that'll, that'll go down <laughs> as it goes down but I think it'll be a narrow one I can't see this being a game where Liverpool put it to bed or you know Sort of have this this comfortable afternoon. I think. I mean, I think last year's game was one nil. It was settled by a penalty. That was that was one of yes. Gerard's early, early early games. Um, I wouldn't be at all surprised if it was another one nil or a two one, something like mm. that. I think I think it'll be the odd goal that'll do it. But I think Liverpool will come out on top. I think they've just got that. They've got that momentum that they, mm. that they've needed. They've got that. I've got that character as well, obviously, of just trying to get into those those top four places. I still think that there's probably a fair chance that they fall short. But it, they, they definitely will if they don't win on Saturday. So I think they'll that will just um, tip the balance their favour. Yeah, I was thinking that as well. I think I think Villa will score, um, but we we've lost the last two away games at United and Wolves one nil. Um, so I, I just think with your momentum or Liverpool's momentum at the moment that it might you might just edge edge this one. But I should, we'll... al- I should also point out it's it's going to be obviously a pretty. Great atmosphere, last home game of the season for Liverpool. But ah, Roberto, yeah. Roberto Firmino's last game um, as a Liverpool player, there'll be a huge, huge bit of emotion around around it as well. You, you'll hear that song. That'll be anyone who's going to the game from a Villa perspective will leave with that that Bobby Firmino song ringing in their ears. I'm sure because that'll be going on for the, pretty much the whole ninety minutes. So I just mm. feel like, yeah, I think that might also create a bit of an atmosphere around the Saturday three o'clock that maybe wouldn't always be there. That might um, make it a little bit more. In Liverpool's favour, yeah, um, yeah. God, I hadn't even considered that factor. Uh, yeah, Firmino oddly has been linked with Villa a few times. I've chatted to a few. Oh, really? Yeah. Times, so I don't know what the veracity of that would be, but uh, I'd, I'd yeah. take him. Um, yeah. You'd love him. You'd absolutely yeah. love him. Um, so um, you know what? I'm sure 
every Liverpool fan who is watching this uh, knows where they can find you online and all that. But just in case there are any who perhaps don't, where where can we find your work online? Yeah, so obviously mainly on goal. Um, if you go there and look at the, the Liverpool page, you'll find most of my stuff on Twitter, Neil Jones Goal, Instagram, the same, Facebook as well. Quite handy, quite uh, uniform across there. So yeah, make sure you uh, make sure you check those out. Brilliant. Well, it's been great to meet you, Neil, and uh, thanks so much for coming on. No, no, no problem. Thanks a lot for having me.